0: What's up, weirdos? I'm Janae. I'm Amanda. And together we are Girls, Girls Go, Go Books, Books deep. deep. We take deep dives into fantasy and sci-fi content you love the most.
1: Today we're talking about episode four of The Man Who Fell to Earth, starring Chiwetel Ejiofor and Naomi Harris. We're also featuring Bill Nighy, Bob Delaney, Sonia Cassidy, and Laurie Nastin as Clive Flood.
0: So hit that like button and stay tuned. Hey, so great to be here with you. Thank you for joining Girls Go Books Deep. I'm Janae.
1: I'm Amanda. We're two childhood best friends who love to discuss fantasy, science fiction, TV shows and movies based on literature, graphic novels and comics.
0: Follow us on Twitter at GG underscore Books to stay up to date with what we're reading and watching. Now on with the show. hey everybody thank you so much for joining us for the conversation today Amanda and i are currently watching the men who fell to earth we are discussing today episode four under pressure
1: so yeah if you haven't noticed by now that all of the episodes are named after bowie songs it's like super obvious with this one but yeah Go figure. It's a nice little say hello to Bowie, that kind yeah. of thing. We love it's, you. It's, Rest in it's peace.
0: It's a great way to remember a great man. True. Absolutely. So I think that was pr- pretty, pretty cool. And then the other thing that we've noticed is with these episodes, each title card has been different. And has been very simple, definitely relating to the episode. And this episode, we have Bs for the title card.
1: Yes. and we've And we've definitely noticed some bee themes pop up here and there. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fact that he's called a drone is another word for a bee within a colony, the worker bees. Mm -hmm. Molly calls her grandfather a builder bee. Mm -hmm. So I think that they're, I don't know, are they kind of alluding to some sort of hive mind situation?
0: I think so. Specifically for this episode, um, we know bees are... You know, strict organizational type structured hive mind thinking like everybody has their role. Everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. Or in this episode, it's kind of like that, you know, Faraday and, and um, Justin and Hatch go to meet with Hatch's sister and they they know what they have to offer. And they're trying to create this deal. And on the other side, you have Edie and her other um, counterparts there. They know what they're representing. So they're trying to find a way to make this work mm. or not. True. And we have some other characters who come into play as well. Yeah. Well, bees
1: are also like major pollinators. Like right. we can't exist without bees. Like literally everybody's all about save the bees because they're a major part of the ecosystem of our entire world so bees go away and then we go away basically so
0: this question just came to mind because then i'm thinking are we stating that we cannot be here without other beings also being out
1: there it's definitely saying that one species is needed to help the other survive Right
0: and exist. Yes, which is basically what the show is about.
1: Yeah, so it's it is a very perfect kind of like metaphor for the situation using bees.
0: Mm -hmm. Who's the queen bee though? Oh, that is a good question. Okay, we'll save that for later. All right, (laughs) I I don't know. We gonna find out soon enough. I'm pretty sure. Outline for the episode, and
1: every single detailed outline is provided on our website, girlsgoobooksteep dot com. And to be able to follow along with us, you can always uh, go over there, and we have a whole list of all of our blog posts with the podcasts attached to each outline. They're also available on Blogger and Medium.
0: So let's go ahead and dive into this episode because right. a lot of information has been thrown at us. A lot of we, stuff we've been waiting for. Yeah. A lot of questions answered and more questions raised. Yes. So as we start, we open up the episode, we see a man playing a piano. Right. And then I think pretty much all of us kind of had the same idea as like, this obviously is a love interest.
1: The minute she sits down and you see the the smile on her face, it's like clear. They're in a relationship. And I'm just like, oh my God, I I never even thought of this child's right. father. Yeah. Like, I never even thought of it.
0: We see them there. He's playing the piano. She comes down smiling and starts playing with him. And then he says something, and obviously we can't really understand it because it's slightly distorted. He says it again, and what he's saying is, You don't know this song, basically. Or you never learned it. Or, or something you never, like le- that. yeah, something to you the effect that, like, song. you should not be playing this piano like this. Maybe, like,
1: she never learned her lesson. Ah. I I don't I, I, I'm just saying so okay mm-hmm. I, we're going to throw that on the table well no it's how she's it's a reflection of her own anxieties true because that's what dreams are
0: yeah that happens and then it kind of goes crazy after that because his teeth are falling out um they're like projectile vomiting out of his face like it's crazy it gets gruesome quickly out of nowhere if you ever had a dream about your teeth falling out this was kind of hard to watch (laughs) because this is exactly what you picture i feel like for the most part um and then of course she she wakes up um from that dream super anxious uh her dad is calling her Just to check in. Finally lets him know, like, hey, I had a dream about Danny. It's always a Danny. (laughs)
1: I'm just saying. (laughs) My current husband is a Dan. Like, I'm
0: just saying. (laughs) It's always a Dan. It's always a Danny. My ex-husband was a Danny. Whatever. I don't know know. what to tell you. There's a lot of Daniels out there. True. And Dannys and Dan's, so... Yeah, you just happen to get two of them. I don't know. Oh, my college roommate was a
1: Danny. Like, I'm oh. not even going to go into this. How many? Like, that's why I'm like,
0: Daniel. No. This name. This name. <laughs> it won't leave you alone. No, just kidding.
1: <laughs> go ahead. I'm
0: sorry. So uh, she starts telling her father about, you know, the dream. And he immediately is just like calming her
1: down and everything. But you start getting a little bit more information about the situation without actually getting again without actually getting anything but you can tell one she says molly doesn't know anything about it like what right and then you also see like he says what happened before can't happen again Mm -hmm. but she's crazy anxious about it happening again like if she won't be able to get to her daughter like i understand as a mother feeling strange like not being around your kid for a few days being in another country and it's not like you planned it because this whole this whole thing is happening within like a two to three days two to three day period of course she's stressed out so seriously like but it does start to teeter a little bit more of like Like Mm -hmm. she's feeling separation anxiety from her. Well,
0: I think it's more so the fact that she suffers from obviously severe PTSD because of this event. And so a little bit later, we do kind of dive into like the thoughts that she has when it comes to her daughter and why she's holding on so tight and why all the events that's happening up to this point is basically triggering her back to those moments. Mm -hmm. And In a way, she's almost doing the same thing, but now she's trying to be a little bit more cautious because she knows the risk. She's terrified. Where most of the time, especially as a scientist, you don't really... You know there's risk involved, but you don't know the result. She knows the result.
1: Right, which is why her father, to reassure her, says, we're scientists. Everything is all error until the day that it's not. Yes,
0: which I thought was... A genius line, and it is kind of something you can live your life by, right? Because you think about life is like <laughs> it's yeah, all trial and, and error. Every, everything is trial and error, and until it sticks, like just keep going, right? <laughs> oh yeah, she's
1: she's literally on the edge of a panic attack, but then she notices the the news. And right. it's saying that there's a picture of the guy that caused the major electrical event to happen mm-hmm. leaked online.
0: And then right. and she's like, oh my god, oh shit. Yeah, because right? now there's a picture, somewhat video, of Faraday. And it's a very, like, dark, grainy-ish, like, if you it, didn't know... Paparazzi photo. Yeah, if you didn't know it was him, you would know it was him. So, right. so like, they're good, but the fact that he is on the radar now... Could be some issues in the future.
1: It starts with the weird mystery surrounding this man. Right. They're in the hotel room mm-hmm. where they're staying. And <laughs> Faraday's in the bathtub. On the iPad. Right. And he's Googling Thomas Newton. And I'm just like, wouldn't you have already done that? Once you figure out what
0: Google is. We think about it. It's been, what, two, three days. He's He didn't know what Google was. So it's going to take him a second to figure everything out. And then he's also learning... About everything, True. even when he's in the car, a lot of videos that he was watching so he could understand communication and context and all that type of stuff. I just so that of... he could get his point across because obviously his communication skills are subpar.
1: I guess, yeah, he was only doing that for a few hours before they're all of a sudden in London, right? Yeah, L- like literally the pacing of the show went crazy
0: fast, yeah. We're, yeah. They cut
1: out a lot of time in between all of the travel. But mm-hmm. otherwise, it's all been like a continuous, it's been like three days. Yeah. Until now, when they're finally past book club and they're going on their meeting, I'm guessing that could be what, like a week later, maybe a couple of days.
0: Yeah, I, I would say maybe a couple of days to a week. Because when they're in, so they're in the
1: hotel room, and they're talking about all of the offers that they get. And there's all of this stuff everywhere because flowers, apple. Oh my god! You know, every big company is like shoot, like please work for us. Come give us your shit. You know that every
0: huge tech company you can name, right?
1: But the (laughs) so I love how like you can watch scripts like fold out. Like sometimes like you think that they're saying such inane, silly shit. Like why do you even need to talk about that? But it all falls together for them to say the thing that they need to say which moves them to the next scene kind of thing and that's just what this scene was because he comes out naked
0: yeah and (laughs) which was hilarious because again he doesn't understand a lot of the norms of humans period like you don't just just walk around naked Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's what Hatch tells, like, she's trying to give him clothes, and he's like, the the temperature of this room's fine, you know? Yeah. Hatch is like, oh, we've progressed to the point where we wear pants while we eat fruit with people, and he's like, I see no progress. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but he, he, I mean, it's it's an interesting point that he says that he, you know, I see no progress. You're looking at all these videos of war, and famine, what all these things that have happened in our history, in our world, what is currently happening, mm. happening now, and you're trying to quantify it to where it equals out to putting on pants and eating fruit? Yeah, no, you, no, that's no, that that no, that does not level but, out.
1: But his thing cracked me up. But the weird thing is, is he walks out and he goes, the scent of him is gone. That's why people online are starting to ask, is he dead? Oh. Well, no. Right? How would I he would be dead if when dead. he
0: first arrived, he spoke with.
1: But has Newton? he died since then?
0: Possibly.
1: And is that why he's Googling him because his scent is gone?
0: I can't 100% get on board with that because I feel like he's still trying to understand our communications and but you know work. he
1: communicates a lot with smell he can tell when people's hormones are going and right but that's
0: when they're in his proximity
1: true maybe him being an anthian like there's another anthian he can smell the anthian cuz he could smell the the world enterprise fear thing in the guy's pocket
0: so you're trying to tell me that Faraday then why hasn't Faraday why was he waiting on a signal
1: because he needs to be given information because they can't But talk. if he could
0: smell Newton he knows he's
1: there, but he knows he has a mission and he has to meet him at a certain place at a certain time for a certain reason to be given information because he was told he can't talk to him at any old time at any old place. When was he told that? Before he came. When he was given his information, the tran- when they transcribed whatever to send, hey, come here. Mm-hmm. It just took 45 years for the message to get there and for him to get back.
0: Message was like, don't come find me. I'll no. send you a message.
1: Well, it's like come here and then come to this spot at this time, blah 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 blah. Do what you got to do. But what do. I'm
0: saying is, like, yes, that could have been his instructions, but if you can smell the other Anthean, why wh-
1: Well he's not looking for him. He's on a mission. He's looking for the tenth patent. He's looking for origin. He's not looking for Newton.
0: Okay. I'm just like I'm I'm trying to figure out why would you just wait for a signal. If you get to a planet and you're like, yes, that's the original
1: Because goal. if he just went to him, then they, they're, everything would have been blown up. They would have been caught by the CIA immediately because Faraday, I mean, Newton knows that. He has to protect Faraday by doing that whole thing in the tornado. He's protecting Faraday as well as protecting his own plan because then they can tell that there's a signal, but they don't know.
0: What- no, I understand that part. Yeah. It, it's Doesn't make sense to me that he would be able to do that. But that's the
1: writing of the show. It's like, it's the mission thing. Like it's, it's giving you points. It gives you time for them to meet each other and do this stuff. Because if he sent all the information and then he came down here and he did the couple of things, what TV show do you have? There could
0: have still been a TV show. Well. Because there would have been challenges of them trying to do the thing. Whatever they're trying to do. Well, I guess the whole point is for him to
1: meet Justin Falls first and right. then. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but
1: it's like... But I was just say, I thought it was really interesting that he walks out and he says, the scent of him is gone. So he starts searching for him on the internet. And then he realizes that New- Thomas Newton has been scrubbed from the internet. And then his wheels get going. And that's why he's coming out there to talk to them. He's
0: angry about that. I feel like I saw that totally different. It wasn't that he said that before. He he was searching for him, couldn't find him. And then he's saying that the sense of his, him is gone. Like his presence is gone. Why can't I find him? Right.
1: But I didn't think of that. The scent of him is gone until I didn't think of that until I saw something. I forget what I was seeing, but people are like, is he dead?
0: Yeah. Because it would have made sense if he would have said that before he was on the iPad looking, but he says it after. Well,
1: it's, a little, it's a small jump in time, so maybe it's just something that he, I don't know. We haven't really heard him use colloquialisms like that, like the scent of him is gone when you can't find something. He's still very literal in his speech. I think he can't smell him anymore.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just... I, I, I'm gonna say no. Okay. Amanda says yes. Okay. We will find out soon enough. Right? Okay. Yeah. Maybe he's been dead this whole time and we just no, don't know No,
1: I don't think he's been dead this whole time.
0: It's Not a possibility. The They're it, aliens. Maybe. They can do whatever the fuck they want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, at this point, it's up in the air. Okay, true. True. Like, <laughs> let's be serious. But the best. It.
1: The best... Like, there's a lot of great lines in this episode but like one of my favorite ones is when he says um if they had simply sent this one pineapple with its hexagons and its perfect expressions of your prime numbers i would have known that i was dealing with scientists why communicate with excess like what the hell is this and he holds up like an enormous giant like gummy bear yelling at them about
0: like Y'all are basic bitches. Yeah. um, Yeah. And the thing that he says is he goes that Newton was waiting for you to catch up. Yeah. He would have mastered it. He He would have mastered mastered you. you. I was like, ho, ho, ho. Bro. Okay. All right. But you've
1: somehow managed to erase his life, steal his work, and make him unrecognizable
0: to his own species. Which I think has more to do with the fact that he's a drunk. Yes.
1: That's why he says, what on this planet could possibly have brought the collapse of Thomas Newton? Right. And then what's the very next thing that we see? Clive Flood Driving his car, who is the personification of addiction in this episode? Yeah. So it's addiction
0: that collapsed Thomas Newton. Yeah, and Clive, yo, <laughs> this this boy. First of all, I love I the music that was playing while he's driving at let's say 120 miles per hour, uh, while he's doing cocaine. Yeah, and watching this video of Faraday um, getting the into the thing. Yeah
1: the same news thing that everybody like that's the one news clip that every time you see a new uh person first in the episode they're looking at that news clip so justin's looking at it clive is looking at it spencer's looking at it like every single time you see somebody they're watching that like that news clip about faraday
0: yeah so clive is eddie's son and like you say he's a represent representation of addiction in this episode Mm -hmm. um we see him do lots of drugs
1: a couple
0: of different things, yeah. But um, we see him watching this video and it it becomes very obvious that he has Tourette's or some type of tick because of his stuttering or whatever. He does a whistling like a bird. Mm Yeah. And he like ticks with his body and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, yeah. So he goes in and he's trying to talk to his mother eating. Now, the thing that I found interesting is the whole time she is looking for whatever is smelling up the room mm-hmm. while he is trying to persuade her into whatever
1: to listen to go and get in contact with her brother
0: yeah to go see hatch and figure oh. out what this thing is with faraday this could help the company like this is what we need this is what we've been looking for type deal right and his mom is like this is gonna save us from being the laughing stock of the tech industry right yeah and she is too busy trying to figure out what the hell is smelling up my room.
1: She asks if he was eating prawns, and he was like, I would have had anaphylactic shock. Like, like his own mother doesn't remember that he's allergic to shrimp or sea- or shellfish or whatever.
0: Yeah, which shows you what kind of mom she is. The fact that she's completely discarded him this entire time, and then that notion there. And yet, at the end... Takes his
1: suggestion and does what he she she asks him, Are you pushing the subject, Clive? But she has to be domineering and standing over him and like projecting her whole like bitch aura all over well, him. Well, I
0: think it's one of those things of where she's trying to push him to step the fuck up. It's like either are step you, up or step down, exactly. <laughs> like, are you gonna push this? Because if you're gonna push this, I need to see you pushing this, not like halfway, like, I think True. we should do this. Mm -hmm. because the whole time he's put his foot down and he's like, we need to do this, da-da-da-da. He's given all the reasons as they are circling the room. Honestly, I almost got dizzy watching this scene (laughs) because it just keeps going around The cameras are doing, like, a circle
1: of them while they're doing a big circle. circle It's like this waltzing dance that the two of them are doing around each other. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, when he's finally confronted, like, is this what you want? You see him back down. But I think he's, he started to back down because she put the bird in his hand.
1: Yes. But he doesn't say, he's like, yes, um, this, I want to do this.
0: But yeah. yeah. She definitely was like intimidating, homie. Yeah. I definitely, But
1: that's the whole reason why he has such a stutter. Um, or, or he probably has it, right? Yeah. And she even says, you know, I thought we got that, you know, under control or whatever. And Mm -hmm. he's still like, you know, like ticking and whistling while he's trying to talk Mm -hmm. to her and stuttering really bad. Yeah. She seems utterly like unconcerned. No, she's. More concerned
0: with the funky smell in the room. Right. Exactly. Exactly.
1: She's that person that walks around like she smells shit all the time. Mm
0: hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Because she has better things to do she has to run this company
1: into the ground yeah yep she's she's lucky because they haven't done any innovation and they're still able to stick around she's lucky and she's just the type of person who like sticks her head in the sand and refuses to hear what anybody says it's literally not until an actual cia agent is like in her face being a rude fuck
0: Oh, my God. That scene was so satisfying. It
1: was. Uh, you hate Spencer, but
0: I... J- but, boy, well, I needed you right you. then and there. Thank you what? <laughs> thank <laughs> right. you for putting that chick in her place. Because oh, if anybody was going to do it, it was going to be him. For real. Like, were, Her face when he, he was like, you doing this. Like, I'm sorry.
1: Who were you talking to? And then he just gives her the realness. No, your dad was purposefully selected yeah for his mediocrity
0: and the thing that sucks like we've definitely jumped a little far ahead but i just have to say this now because i might forget later the thing that really sucks about that moment even though it was so great it only proved that hatch was right the entire time the whole time which i think even makes her more angry at him right because it's one you were right now I need to be questioning everything. To now I'm basically back myself into this corner with the CIA, and I can't get out. And I'll be damned if I ask you for help. Yes. So, yeah.
1: So in the notes, I've been calling them because it's Hatch, Faraday, and Justin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just been calling them the funny trio because they mm-hmm. are—they're a funny trio. The they're really. The even mustateers. though there's four, but yeah. <laughs> But the funny trio. That's what it says in all of the notes because that's it works for me without having to write their names, the three of their names, like all the friggin' time because they're in a lot of scenes together, right? They're on their way to go meet with Edie because Clive has finally, when he sees the news report, he says, I have an angle. And he keeps saying that, so when finally he convinces her that it's right, you need to talk to your brother, now we see Hatch and the two of them on the way to Edie's home Mm -hmm. in order to discuss the situation and negotiate terms. Right. And he fills them in, like, a little bit on uh, why they're going down there, what's going on. He offers, he's like a speak now or forever hold your peace moment, because... I need to know everything. So if they come up with some bullshit, I can handle it. Right. And she doesn't say anything. She no. just mocks his situation, like, "Oh, I sold IP to my si- of my sister's company to a- to a competitor," and he's like, "Yeah, thanks. Fuck you." And- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but she doesn't say anything. And obviously, we're gonna go over that later. But it's clear that she doesn't say anything because she's like, you know, those files are sealed. Nobody's gonna know about that shit.
0: Right. Which, at this point in time, you don't know that they're sealed. You just know that there's something you know, that something? she is keeping. And even in this moment, when I watched it, I was like, girl, tell them. You might need to say something. Tell <laughs> them. Don't be walking up in there. This guy and is a friend. He has done so much shit. He has given you everything you've asked for. Everything and you has need... yet to get anything in return.
1: Oh, I mean. He's hoping. Being a part of the next energy source is going to make him an amazingly rich man. But let's be honest,
0: ain't nothing happened yet. Very good point. So he's going on good faith. Granted, you know, he he has some background. He understands, you know, what it means, but... He also has
1: some solid proof in front of him with Faraday and the whole thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. But still, boy is flying on faith. Yeah. Okay, so um, after that, we go and we find Spencer in his office doing what spencer does uh and he's watching the leak footage of faraday when it comes on the news Getting it uh, yeah lisa comes in to brief him uh she shows him the airport video and this is from episode two
1: mm-hmm.
0: when faraday was dealing with all the radiation then as he's going out he's just puking up nothing but water and then she's also briefing him on what was what she's been told about you know the electrical incident in london and he's like, okay, so what did you do? Or what do you think?
1: And just from, like, the information that she was told from the tech guys about the amount of energy that went out and everything, they know that they basically she's told, and what she tells Spencer is nothing could have created that incident, anything from this solar system. And he's like, bingo, bitch.
0: <laughs> and she's like, I think uh, he's a fucking spaceman. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. It's, it was it was very interesting. But basically, he ends up like well, she books him a flight to London and whatever, so that he can go investigate. But then there's a little clue about Mary Lou that right. she kind of like sits on for a second, which I thought was interesting because she's obviously informing him of everything. And just hasn't gotten to that part yet, right? Mm-hmm. But he's like, "Oh, all you're right, cool safe- by thanks. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't, I can't train you on how to do your job. Like, tell me what I need. Like you, he, what does he say? He's like, "Oh, you buried that lead. Like that should have been the first thing you told me. Now all this other stuff that's insignificant and we can't do anything about." Which, at on one point, I can get. I can understand that. It's like, okay, so we know that...
1: It's just the information as you get it. Like, okay, so this is what happened. This is what was told, blah, blah, blah. And then this is some information that I dug up from the past.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true.
1: But the information is that Mary Lou is running a women's only rehab in brighton england mm-hmm. and he's like mm. and she knew obviously she was in a relationship with newton so that's why he's gonna go yeah.
0: right over there to yeah her. she uh lisa's like yeah she was his companion and that like lit his eyes up he's like uh well damn that's what you should have told me mm-hmm. forget everybody everything else nothing else matters he's like
1: perfecto bye (laughs) oh but he also basically like gives lisa the breakdown of the plan because now that he he, he's like she she thinks he's a spaceman he's like yeah you're smart that is what's going on and she's like uh, uh, what the fuck's going on then what are we doing what's the plan and he goes basically we're just gonna let him run around and do everything that he's gonna do because he's gonna lead us straight to newton and then blammo we just get both of them at the same time which is basic it's the exact same plan that cia had in the book basically <laughs> they just let him go about doing their own thing and they waited until the fbi grabbed him and then they grabbed him from the fbi because they were like shit those guys might kill him
0: <laughs> i just find it funny that every movie that's something to do with aliens at some point there's a scientist who's like let them do what. Let let's see what they got. Let's see what they' got to make. If it's a weapon, we'll kill them. If it's not, hey, like, <laughs> <laughs> And basically, that's what they're doing. Let's just let, let them run around and see what they do.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's get the technology, and then kill the aliens and keep the technology.
0: Right. Yeah. Scum mm-hmm. CIA,
1: like normal, like normal.
0: What else we expect? <laughs> So we go back to the car with our trio, mm-hmm. and they're pulling up to Cornwall, which is where Hatch and Edie basically were raised since they were, well, since Hatch was 10, mm-hmm. right? 11-ish.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Are they twins or are they not twins? No, they're not. Okay. Because I can't... I'm
0: pretty sure he she's younger. Okay. So right? they must
1: be right next to each other then. She was 10 and
0: he was 11. I don't know, because I was questioning the timeline on this, because she says that, um, okay, Clive is 20. Right. Edie had her had him at 16. Yes. So that means she's 36. Right. So are we saying that Hatch is 37? Somewhere like 37. Okay. 37 or 38. Yeah, he looks like that. Okay. I, I, I feel like he would have been a little bit older for some reason. Why, because he's kind of like salt and pepper and his beard yeah. or whatever? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I got, I got grays in my hair. I'm thirty five. True. No, definitely, definitely. There, I know people who have grays yeah. that are in their younger thirties. But I don't know. It he just came off as a little bit older than
1: probably because he's highly educated, right? And the risk assessment makes someone like seem like they've been through a lot because they're very uh, I don't know trepidatious is the right word. I'm not sure, but like they just. Risk assessment is usually something that, like, older people are constantly reminding you. Like, you have to be careful
0: of the risks. Well, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Because older people are constantly reminding you of, like, be cautious. And you're like, but you weren't like that. (laughs) You're telling me to be cautious because you did whatever you did. And they
1: fucked up. Or it blew up in their
0: face. (laughs) That don't mean it's going to blow up in my face. Tell me what you did and I'll show you how to do it better. Like, that's, that's that's how evolution and stuff like that works how we get better technology mm. like it wasn't oh don't do it no it's like okay do it and then somebody's like no i'm gonna do it better hence apple like <laughs> hence quantum fusion <laughs> quantum fusion yeah, that's
1: very much like this episode how it ends with her experiment yeah yeah very much so but a lot of people would have been like you weren't you you, you didn't have caution then right he but, makes a good point, which I have a whole bunch of shit written oh my down. Oh god, I can't wait till we get that about part about okay. what he says to her, because mm. I find it very, very enlightening and very interesting.
0: So Hatch and Edie was raised by their mom and Callie until she passed away, and then that's when they went to Cornwall. Uh, his dad, as he says, quoting Hatch, he's a sociopath. Eddie worshipped him, um, but like we said before, she had Clive at sixteen for a bit of autonomy. Like, to get out from underneath her dad's thumb. Which I find very interesting that now she's, like, daddy's girl. Well, she always was. But that's that's
1: one of those weird things where it's like, I hate you. Please, please pay attention to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. So their whole plan when they go in, Hatch is trying to make it very clear that we do not mention thomas newton because edie will know exactly why we're here and she will not give us what we want she'll flip a tit so let's not do that and of course ferret is like but i want to know about newton and <laughs> he's right, like yeah shut the fuck up about Newton." yeah oh yeah so you know they get there edie's riding up on a horse interesting and then they go into this like meeting room so they can sit down and hash out this deal they make it very obvious like they have offers from everybody else it's like let's just get this out of the way y'all ain't the only ones but because your family we came here which we know is not necessarily the
1: whole whole truth truth. right
0: (laughs) um but yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, he says, I have it, um, he breaks it down and he does it in a great way because he, the way he says it makes it like, well, it only makes sense for us to work together because of these reasons without ever having to mention the patents, Newton, right, CIA, none of that shit. Listen, I'm,
0: Hatch is really good at asking for things without asking for things. He asks the right way right get what he yeah yes yes and is very well displayed in this episode also in this episode is very well displayed Justin and how intelligent she is oh absolutely and the fact that you know even though she was not actively pursuing or you know participating in science experiments or anything like that or actively working in that field that stuff bounced back so quick especially like going over all of the information that faraday gave to them so i thought that was like okay they they know what they're doing she's explaining shit to the other scientists in there they don't even
1: know what a cue is she's got to explain how they measure this stuff and Mm -hmm. everything and like they want to talk shit and she's just like
0: like, (laughs) people who are talking to shit about science but never been in a lab yeah like boy get out of here right like don't 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 come at me sideways like that
1: but at the same time like she's having such bad anxiety and she also knows the stuff that we don't know yet and she's thinking about those things right and she knows that we have to have them on the team she's totally blowing smoke up their ass right now Mm -hmm. while on the top of it being super fucking smart and knowing exactly what to say Yes, she's just can't help that she breaks down in a panic attack.
0: because as, as um, she's explaining everything, I almost feel like she I almost feel like she is literally going through all the same steps that she went through before. You know mm. what I mean? as she's explaining it, this is also how she came to her research and her science and everything like that. And then as time goes on, as they're explaining everything to you know Edie and her team,
1: So they go to sit down in the negotiations, right? And Clive joins in them like at last second. Mm -hmm. And then when I was like, when he walks in and he gives his uncle a hug Mm -hmm. and he asks him about the shingles and the whole time he's been saying, I've got an angle, I've got an angle. They've clearly been in touch recently. So I think like he's been talking to his nephew, like you need to find a way to help me out with this, that kind of thing. That's why when he sees the the news thing he's like i've got an angle like he Mm -hmm. finally has an angle to talk to his mother on about getting hatch back into the whole family thing
0: okay makes sense
1: and then of course he's like oh how's the shingle so clearly they've been talking to each other recently even though he doesn't speak to edie anymore
0: yeah but i also feel like if he's trying to make this deal he's probably gonna reach out to edie if he can't get her then he's gonna find an alternate route oh exactly yeah
1: So, but when they're sitting there, uh, yeah, Justin talks about that it's a prototype, the thing, so they can't, because they want to see it, and they're like, we can't even show it to you because it was a prototype, and just they're being snobbish and and shitty, and they're like, oh, of course, the prototype that they have was like a personal little tiny version of what they want to make. So he says to replicate the cell on a mass scale, they need to partner with Origin, and he wants to do that not just because they're family, but because the U.S. Department of Energy has the power to tie up everything in regulatory scrutiny. They could, they could sue them and take them into court for the next two decades. But he goes, but since our father made an arrangement with, this, with the Department of Energy during his tenure at CEO, even though she don't want to hear that he did that shit, um, he goes, we need to buy into Origins legal clearances and infrastructure, and you're our fastest route to the energy market. So that's when he's saying, like, to buy you out, and they want to take over 85% of the uh, of the company and leave them with 15 And, of course, they scoff at that, but... He's giving them all this, like, business bullshit because he's read all of his father's books and whatever. He's like, 15% of the of the future of energy is better than nothing at all, guy. Okay? So, uh... Right. But that's exactly when everything gets interrupted because Edie's just being Edie. And she's like, this is bullshit. I'm out of here. And then, of course, Faraday brings up Newton. And Edie loses her shit. <laughs> Not entirely. Not yet. Enough to be, like bye right (laughs) i didn't come
0: here for this but then
1: clive kind of saves the situation by saying that he has some of newton's music yeah and that makes for some beautifully interesting and and very dark kind of tv in not a bad way it's dark in a sad way i really think that the the scenes around when they are doing when they're listening to the music are are some of the best acted scenes and they look it literally brought a tear to my eye.
0: Mm. <laughs> yes, but I was just like, okay.
1: <laughs> I thought Bill he did a great job.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that scene was great. I loved, I loved almost everything about it. I can't say I loved everything about it. Um, but Mostly the, just
1: the two of them acting off of each other, the emotion that it brings up. Mm-hmm. Because... The music is mentioned at the end of the book, the music is mentioned at the end of the movie, but we never get to hear the music. And this is our first opportunity to actually hear the music that we've heard so like we've heard so much about,
0: but it's not actually music though.
1: It is he he creates a song like a poem because in the book you see him starting to try to learn how to write poetry and he is during the longest times in isolation, he is really starting to think about his wife a lot.
0: I would say it would be more like spoken word. I mean, like poetry. That's just me. Either way. I don't know. I think
1: because I don't know. It's it's meant it's described as music.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's described as music because they hear differently. Like, as you can see in that scene, like he had to focus on almost like slowing it down so he can hear.
1: Mm. Well, yeah, it may not sound like music to them, but it sounds like music to humans. Right. Yeah. I like how he said he says what's it sound like is it emo whale yeah yeah
0: (laughs) basically what it
1: was yeah i
0: was like "Mm."
1: but we skip a little bit ahead with like they just go in to go hear the music and then that's when um before they leave that's when edie makes clive come outside and she's like get him to tell you information if you want to be invited back to the, the big boy table or whatever. And he's like how, how do you want me to do that? And she's like I don't care. And give him some of the stuff that made you into a sniffly little chatterbox. I don't care. Yeah. I, I like her less and less. In
0: that moment we saw that one, she's only about the company. She could care less about her kid. But this was an opportunity that she needed to capitalize on. So that's when she inserted herself and be like, I need you to do this, this, and this if you want this. Right. And his dumb ass is like, how do I do that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pops back and forth between the three of them and Spencer at the farm, them and Spencer, them and Spencer, back and forth, back and forth.
0: Which was annoying as fuck.
1: (laughs) Well, at some part, it starts to make sense because they're, they're juxtaposing Mary Lou talking about being in love with him and knowing that he has a wife. Right. While at the same time showing Newton singing to his, about his wife.
0: Yeah, no. I, yeah, so I, I mean, other than that. I got that. I just, I could have, <laughs> I could have done without Mary Lou. And shit was creepy. Like, he goes, so he goes there and he meets one of the, I guess, volunteers. And she's letting him know, like, bro, women only, why you here? <laughs> And he's like, oh, I'm here for my mom. Uh, I'm very concerned. We all know he lied out of his ass, but whatever. <laughs> the girl falls for it. Yeah. And um, while they're walking and talking and she's basically explaining about the rehab and a little bit about Mary Lou, um, they get called away and everybody's rushing. And we find out that <laughs> it's a cow having a baby. And obviously, like... It's a breach baby. That's why they yeah. want him
1: to help. They're like, we need all the strong arms we can get. You come here. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Probably my favorite scene. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All of a sudden, you just see his arms in there. And oh, my. It was graphic. <laughs> and the women are singing or whatever. And. Very <laughs> it, kumbaya moment. <laughs> that was top tier acting, Jimmy. No, it's bad. What's best? Mary Lou comes down there and starts talking to him.
1: And yeah. he's, she's like, okay, so you're going to get a hold of the legs. And when I say you're going to yank real hard. And he's like,
0: I can't feel my arms. And she goes, she can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, the one part that I thought was hilarious is like, she tells the girls to stop singing. One girl is still singing. And the, yeah, the girl like, that the he fuck. met is like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I'm like, what? what kind of rehab place is this? <laughs> and so like he pull he pulls the calf out the calf lands on top of him and he is disgusted
1: it's still oh. and it's like umbilical sack and everything like placenta bag i mean i is
0: having a panic attack on the ground <laughs> i mean wouldn't you <laughs> like yes and no i think i would have more of a panic attack in the beginning with all the gooiness or whatever, with
1: the constriction of your arms. Yeah, but, but after yeah.
0: that, I'm like, fuck, I'm finally free. Yeah. Okay. This is this is fucking weird, <laughs> but okay. But then after that, it kind of um, I think it cuts to the scene where he's like washing off. <laughs> it's like get the fuck show me! Oh my god. He gets
1: a new shirt. Turns around. It says woke as fuck. <laughs> Oh, like... Love it. That's a troll on everybody talking shit about the show. Oh, my God. It Because ha- it was at, like, five stars before... The, at a ten. It was at, like, a 5.6 before mm-hmm. it ever aired its first shit. What? Because everybody's like, woke trash. Oh, my God. Woke trash. Because a lot of people think that... Chuyatel is taking over Bowie's
0: role. Y'all obviously don't, don't read anything.
1: They don't pay attention. They, they just don't. see no. the man oh. who fell to earth, and they see his face. and
0: They probably think that this is supposed to be for black representation, and they're trying to be woke as fuck, yeah. so they're going to make a TV show. Oh, this is, makes sense why I've, I've been hearing a lot recently about how black people aren't in sci-fi.
1: Here we go with a pretty solid science fiction show that has two black main characters and why, everybody is... Why, why
0: can't we be in sci-fi? Right? I'm very confused. Like Since when? That's why, bro. I'm so ready for no... I have no words. I just literally...
1: I spend time on Twitter and Showtime and all these other things. And I go and I just like... I comment on people just to see... And there's so much bullshit where people are just like, oh, the movie with Bowie. Oh, I'm a big Bowie fan. I don't think I'll watch this. And I'm just like, why does that keep you from watching it? I don't get it. What does that have to do with anything? Yeah. This is a continuation. 45 years later, it's not a remake. That's the problem is that everybody's remaking everything. So when you want to do something actually sort of fucking like original, not totally original because it is a continuation of something that's already there, but it is pretty original. It's not a remake. It is a different way of handling it.
0: People just, it is what it is. I don't know. So after he has his woke as fuck shirt on, um, (laughs) him and Mary Lou starts, you know, walking and talking. And he finally like Mary Lou ain't stupid. And that's the one thing I appreciated about this. She was looking at dude like you are not here for your mom. Why are you here? And then he basically tells her here for about Thomas Newton. You immediately hear the bees start to buzz
1: mm. and the thunder starts to roll
0: mm. yeah and then we cut back to the house <laughs> like we jump in back and forth yeah so uh we go back to the house we go back to the table and this is basically where justin's anxiety is like at an all-time high everything seems to be tipping her more and more um everything from you know the bill from the clock uh, things on the table everything is just like intensifying as she's trying to sit there and communicate all this information to the people across from her and um as she starts to get to the nitty nitty-gritty it's almost like she goes through the experience again in a sense and, and she's has having to leave. thoughts of him right and it's
1: causing her to have a, a panic attack basically mm-hmm and she has a natural, her, most people there's, it's like fight, flight, or freeze. And she clearly has a flight response. Right. And like, it
0: doesn't help that, you know, these people are questioning her intelligence at the same time. So it's like, she's already having this anxiety on top of people kind of like badgering her in a way, I guess you could say. So it's just like, if, she, that was hard. for
1: She's being triggered in so many different ways. She's being triggered academically because of the loss of her, mm-hmm. like, everything that she worked for before going away. She's being triggered about the loss of the man that she was in love with.
0: Yeah, because at this point, Edie is questioning the five years where she was shoveling hazardous waste, which is the big trigger of like all the shit just start floating through her mind.
1: On top of it, she's like, you clearly had, went to MIT, you had all these clearances, worked for Los Alamos, you were on your way up, and then out of nowhere, boop, gone yeah and now you're like shoveling shit or whatever doesn't make sense what happened yeah, yeah. so yeah. i mean from their perspective they have the right to ask yeah absolutely. but they
0: you know EDA ain't asking
1: no she's just trying to be trying any kind of way in order to undermine their authority undermine their claim as to what they're claiming that they have to prove that they're full of shit basically so that she doesn't have to do anything
0: yeah so uh she basically gets up runs runs out hatch kind of goes after her asking her if she's okay if she needs a break all this stuff and she gives her excuse of you know she needs to get back to her family That's kind of her normal, that's that's her safe space. That's her uh, comfort blanket, if you will. Mm -hmm. Then she asks, you know, where's Faraday? And Hatch lets her know, like, oh, yeah, he went off with Clive, and they're in the house over there, whatever. And she goes off and tries to go find Faraday.
1: She's like, I'm
0: out of this. And then at that moment, we cut back to the farm where Mary Lou is giving me the creeps um, <laughs> at this point because i'm like
1: lady what yeah she's she's even giving spencer the creeps and that's saying something bro
0: really okay like really it re- like yes i was like mm, boy so she starts
1: uh, explaining a little bit of like her life with newton and how shit went down and how she got to england So now in the movie, this makes sense a little bit because he says, like, she, like, it's Bowie, so he clearly has a British accent. And Mary Lou comments on his accent because people in the book comment on his accent, but they never say what the accent sounds like. They never say he sounds British, he sounds whatever.
0: Yeah, but even in the book and in the movie, he claims that he is from England.
1: Oh, I don't remember that in the book.
0: mm Yeah. I remember that because. They're trying they were trying to pin down his accent
1: right okay so it's Bowie and he sounds British and she's like, oh you got a funny accent. he says I'm from England. So when Mary Lou in the TV series hears that the company has been moved to England, she follows thinking that he went to England because right. it, would, it would make sense like from her perspective, you mm-hmm. know um, The thing is is that okay, so in the book, Betty Joe, who this character is based on, has no relationship at all with Newton other than the fact that she is in love with him. He's, he's not with her. Yeah. He likes her. He spends time with her.
0: But he got a wife and kids at home.
1: Right. He gives her a job as a, as a, a housekeeper in his home when they move onto this big lake where they're building everything When he has the, after he's built up World Enterprises and stuff. She wants there to be more. He can never give her more. Right like he he just doesn't have that to give to her yeah Bryce Nathaniel Bryce works for the company, and there's a man named Bernard who is Newton's secretary. Those are the three main people in his life and that's it Betty Joe ends up in a relationship with Bryce and they live together and they go off and stuff at the end, right? Where in the movie, they have much more emphasis on this crazy sexual relationship that happens between Mary Lou and Newton, where it's not just alcoholism that brings him down. Like, the movie is clearly making a an allegory or whatever to, to, to real life in the modern age, like, in the 70s and stuff. So it's not just alcohol. It's also tons of television, so, like, mindless entertainment mm-hmm. and sex. Like, so she shows him sex. She shows him gin. She's the one who shows him the TV, like, everything. And he ends up just, like, imploding with all of these different addictions. And But she still ends up leaving him because he's sequestered away by the CIA, and they even admit to each other that they don't love each other. They just enjoyed their time together, even though she was obsessed with him. And she still, in the movie, ends up with Bryce. Leaves, gets married to Bryce.
0: Not in this TV show, apparently. But
1: in the TV show, she's been saving herself and is like crazy obsessed with Newton and goes to England. And so they've just erased the whole character of Bryce and given his character what's the word character traits to hatch basically mm-hmm. the the questioning everything worrying if he's a, like a weapon or if he's from another planet and shit like that
0: um, okay yeah because i was gonna say i feel like any sane person would still question all of those things but true yeah. true
1: but they're still whatever but like they so this person has packed up all her shit moved to England waited around for him for god knows how long realized he's not coming back to do anything she feels like he's lost his mind and it's her fault because she introduced him to sex and gin and she made well (laughs) because she made him love her is what she said
0: to be determined
1: right yeah so it's a complete departure from the movie as well as the book Mm -hmm. but use this woman as your device go ahead imagination
0: (laughs) yeah um but yeah so obviously this lady is unhinged in this series and at this point I, i i was trying to figure out why what meaning this has she's putting honey on her face she's not you know creating a face mask or anything like that like This lady literally opened it up, scraped the honey, put it on her face. And while like we see her, literally, we see her putting it on her face. And then it cuts to us watching Spencer and we don't see her. And I was like, I didn't realize we were taking things from Candyman (laughs) and putting them in the series. Because
1: she says it's time for my penance like she's been doing she's clearly like she feels so guilty about introducing him to Jin that she devotes herself to like christ and getting other people to get off alcoholism and drugs and stuff like that and yeah but i guess that's not enough penance she now has to like commit yeah
0: yeah, yeah girl yeah slowly slowly
1: because it's not even like they start cg and i and all these fucking bees all over her it's just slowly little bees oh my god one cr- oh my god one crawled in her mouth and i cr- i would i almost like oh uh, i have a thing with bees and when i saw that i was just like
0: <laughs> like sir no thank you i was like okay lady next scene next scene next <laughs> scene <laughs> So then we go back and we see um, we're in Clive's grandfather's study. So we are there with Clive and Faraday. And they're there to listen to the World Enterprises Spear Newton made. Stony baloney Clive. I was like, uh, what?
1: <laughs> I call him Stony baloney Clive.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. he. Is, he <laughs> oh.
1: Clive, what's
0: going on, bro? Yeah.
1: You need to talk to somebody. He's not ready for what he's up against. <laughs> That's Mm-mm. for sure.
0: Mm-mm. So, um, he is trying to get Faraday to loosen up so that he could talk. Um, right now, there's a slight debate on whether Clive purposely blew smoke in Faraday's face or if he it just happened. It was a coincidence. Tell us what you think in the comments.
1: Um, yeah, because I think that he. Faraday's all in his face, like I smell up a I know that you know you guys don't eat your young. Why are you so afraid of each other? Why are you so afraid? What's the matter? What are you afraid of? And then like the more he gets, the more he's like questions, questions, questions. His ticks and his whistles and his stuttering and everything's getting worse and worse and worse because right. tension and and uh, stress causes Tourette's to become worse. And a lot of people because of that. They do turn to drugs. They yeah. are like... Okay. There's a higher percentage of people with Tourette syndrome who are actually... They have drug abuse problems, right? Mm-hmm. So when he's getting questioned over and badgered, basically, by
0: Faraday... Because we know how Faraday is.
1: Right. Which he's supposed to be badgering Faraday, but Faraday's badgering him with questions. Right. So he immediately... But And Faraday, like always, is getting closer and closer and closer as he's talking to you. The guy's trying to get away from him walking around the room. And then he hits his bowl. I'm thinking uh, methamphetamines. And then uh, he just blows it out. And it gets all over Chewie's um uh, It gets all over Faraday's face. And immediately he gets like a crazy contact high because he had never been around anything like that Yo. before.
0: Yeah. And that's when we go into um, where he smells the, s- the spear on Clive, grabs it, put it, puts it, puts it in the device. It starts playing. Sounds like well noises. High-pitched. Emo well Emo well noises. Um, and it's a very interesting scene because he's trying to listen to that. Clive is high as a fucking kite. Over there babbling about nothing. Ooh, mm-hmm. man, you can
1: run this company.
0: While at some point he starts to look and he re- he's watching the horses outside that are like running all over the place. And it's interesting because both of them at this point are high. So part of me wonders is like, okay, because they're high, everything is a lot more intense. Mm-hmm. Which is why the scene was shot the way it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also having the interaction be- between Faraday and uh thomas newton it was very interesting the camera work in this scene was uh amazing
1: it was beautiful i really amazing. loved this scene yeah also tell them like you think he, he you think he blew the the smoke in his face on purpose
0: oh yeah 100 percent. <laughs> no doubt in my
1: mind but he did that didn't even get him talking that just got him Friggin' crazy
0: before. <laughs> well, you also realize like they they don't know who he is, so right, he's just yeah. thinking that this is just an average Joe dude. Yeah. um Because even before he, when he's trying to get him talking, I I definitely thought he offered it to him at home. He said like n- like dismissed it. Faraday kind of dismissed it or whatever, or probably just didn't even register it. But yeah, I don't remember he was hearing so, him. He was so busy asking questions.
1: Yeah, but he's just talking to him in general about his mom at first when he's packing the drugs into the into the bowl. Mm-hmm. And Faraday's the one who just starts with epinephrine, like he can smell the yeah because he's
0: afraid of his mom.
1: Right. Yeah. But He's probably also afraid of this situation too. He's nervous, but he has a fear from his mother. Also, I wonder if because it's methamphetamines and it like jacks everything up in your body, mm-hmm. if that's causing him to have more right fear if that makes sense you know what i'm saying no yeah definitely yeah affecting
0: his Mm -hmm. fear i i yeah i definitely feel like that um we go through that scene and we we realize how depressed and sad and lonely thomas newton was while he was here he basically made like a goodbye message for his wife Mm mm-hmm and that's what the music, the whale sounds, the emo whale is, is actually. So
1: we finally get to hear the words of the music that is mentioned so many times, and it's, I'm falling into darkness. I keep waiting to hit the bottom, to be unable to remember you, but I do. I remember you, I remember you. I hold you in my fist. I can still say your name. But they're prying open my fingers, one by one. Maybe forgetting would be a relief. I had a last view of where the ocean used to be before I left home. I didn't know it then, what I was looking at. But I was looking at the end of me. My mind is slipping away. Help me remember your name. Help me. It's gone. Help me. Help me. You're becoming a memory. And the entire time he's basically like interpreting the music out loud, you slowly hear the sound of the music start to make sense to you. And it. Faraday's voice fades away into Newton's voice. And as the camera moves, you can see Newton in the mirror saying the words that Faraday is saying. And it's like they're looking at each other through a mirror. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then he sees Newton in front of him, like as a person, like he did in the tornado.
0: Right, which supports my theory that he's been dead this whole time.
1: Well, I think, <laughs> I think that they're both in a dreamlike state because Faraday is high and Newton is drunk. And Faraday is in a place where he's, for the very first time, empathizing with Newton's feelings on something. So they're connecting in a way that they've never connected before.
0: So then that would mean that Newton isn't dead. Right. You have so a point. the whole scent thing is like so there you out go. the door. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so he's not dead. But still, I don't get what he means. But see, not gonna lie, the writing is good. But every once in a while, there are a few lines here that are really like throwaway lines that mean nothing, that don't make any sense. Like there's a, a couple. Yeah, this right here. It says uh, when it cuts back to Mary Lou about noon, it says he came to me because I was supposed to know better. And I'm like, that mean that that line means zero zilch. That's a stupid line. That means nothing. He didn't come to you for nothing. Whoa! Well, they you met also, each other. It even says in the script, like in the show, they met by chance in Kentucky in an elevator when he broke his legs.
0: It right. Was totally by chance. If she's religious now, right? Mm. He came to me because I should have known better. How often do we look back at our Ooh. lives and there's moments where we're like, I met this person at this time and I should have done this, but for some reason I went the other way he was there to
1: teach me the lesson and I ended up teaching him a bad lesson instead right. of him yeah. teaching me a good lesson. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I see what you mean. Okay, yeah. Or I was, I was supposed to be the one, you know, helping and guiding because at that point in time, I would be able to. Right. But I was so fixated on my issues, my problems, whatever. I shared And Jen wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Okay. But yeah, like the the scene between Faraday and Newton where it's the... F- Basically the first time that Faraday is feeling an emotional feeling because he's empathizing with another Anthean who's on Earth, who's felt things in a right. human like way. Yeah. It's beautifully haunting.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: He even he's like surprised at how he feels. He doesn't understand it. Right. But then, yeah, it it immediately clicks over to her and that's when she's like, you know, he came to me because I was supposed to know better. And Mm -hmm. then that's when she's saying like she she basically she blames herself for the entire thing because she was like, I gave him gin because Mm -hmm. I drank gin and I didn't know any better. Because that's what I thought you do to people you love—you just you give them the stuff that you love—and now it's right. It's yeah. my fault. I made him love me. I made him drink gin. I made him like, and then it broke his heart. And then Spencer thinks he's like gotten some amazing and from oh oh they can feel things. They can have their hearts broken.
0: Right. And then that's well, what she I turns think going it's crazy. because she's confirming that he is not of this earth.
1: Well, they know that, but they're looking for. Uh, a soft spot
0: basically they're looking i mean they know that but how much actual confirmation does he have the video that he watched with the dude's skin being pulled off his face is pretty confirmation yes but (laughs) i'm saying for like taking over an investigation and they had that video but still like what happened True. No. Like yeah. so. Now he he's basically getting new information because even how things when, affect them. Right. Even when uh, Lisa gave him this information about Mary Lou, they didn't do anything with it. Yeah. So it's like it's almost like he found the missing puzzle piece, or one of them at least. Yeah. There's a few. There there is a few.
1: She calls him. She's like, you can't. You, basically, like she freaks out on him, and it's like. uh She's like, don't let him need anybody. And that, that basically goes back to what Newton was telling Faraday the very first time they spoke in the first or second episode. He's like, let them in, mm-hmm. but only a little bit.
0: And she's right. saying,
1: like, you can't let him need anybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mira- Just he- emphasizing, like, how much you they have to protect themselves from us and the things that go on.
1: But what you were saying earlier, like, I'm going to do it anyways, and I'm going to do it better because that's the evolution of shit. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Basically. He's going to feel shit for Justin.
0: Yeah. But again, going back to a a previous, uh, I think it was episode two, we were talking about this and I was like, at some point in time, he's going to betray her. Here we go. This is setting the foundation. But, um, Hmm. so after he gets that information, um... We jump back to Faraday and Justin finding Faraday. And Faraday is freaking out because he doesn't understand what is happening, what is going on. He's sobbing hard in, like, the field
1: next to the... Oh, well, that's another thing that I wanted to say. That's part of the last scene with Faraday, but part of this scene as well. Like, the horses. Because the horse... Okay, they did such a like a lot with the horses in that point and they made a point of showing a white horse and a dark horse Mm -hmm. fighting because Mm -hmm. during that whole time he's saying how well he's saying uh my mind is slipping away it's cutting back to her saying that like you know i drink gin and shit like that and then and then it's showing a white horse, and a, and it's also showing Clive behind the window noticing all of these horses fighting and getting all riled up during the emotional acts
0: between the two mm-hmm. the two aliens going on basically. So, well, we were talking about it because we were saying how you know that could be significant in the sense of you have your mission of what you should be doing versus what you need to do. Yeah. Clashing against each other. Also with, like, Clive accepting basically his fate of, like, he chose the darker path, essentially, with the drugs and addiction and stuff like that. And the same thing with Newton. Right, yeah. He ended up just choosing...
1: Well, it... it, It wasn't 100% his fault because it's not his fault that he got picked up by the FBI and the CIA and they blinded him. And now he realizes that he can't get shit done now. Mm -hmm. So he kind of just falls into despair and alcohol and doesn't do anything about it. Right. But it's almost like a negative picture of a horse that comes over Clive's face. So it's almost like the white horse and the black horse merge.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's the symbolism of yin and yang. Like, from the get-go, Newton told him, like, you could let them in, but a little bit. Because if you let them in all the way, black horse.
1: The need for balance.
0: Yeah. Like, there has to be a balance. You can't have one and not the other. Yeah.
1: So that's when they're in the fields where the horses, like, graze and live and shit. And he's breaking down because he doesn't understand what he's feeling right now
0: mm-hmm. we see an emotional faraday and he grabs the spear after like all the horse stuff is going on throws it through the window the window shatters that's when we see justin walk up i thought that was a beautiful frame of justin walking up and the horses are running on each side of her running away and then we cut back to spencer <laughs> and his weirdo control issues <laughs> This scene. Oh, Lisa is on the phone with him and they're talking, right? right. Uh, she's filling him in on how the trio is actually in England and sends over a foul on uh, Justin from the DOE. And. <laughs>
1: the whole time spencer like at first it, it seems fine because she's talking about all of them how they got to england and then they she mentions something about a file for justin for the and, doe and he says stop, stop
0: tell say me more. about her is it tell me about her or say more
1: oh because goes, i will remember her that say more that's what he
0: goes and okay L- cool whatever yeah keep going keep going stop say more okay stop say more you okay (laughs) the last
1: one he totally looked turned on oh my god he looked turned on
0: it's weird because you go from him being uncomfortable him getting creeped out by mary lou and then all of a sudden he creeps us out (laughs) (laughs) the trail of emotional trauma of creepiness is oh yeah that should have been oh my god so um they exchange all the information and then we go back to faraday where now he's in the field and he is breaking down he is crying he is feeling all the feelings um and he's empathizing with newton and he does not like it one bit um and it's so funny because we both definitely had the same thought when we watched this scene because everybody can relate to this point in time where you're feeling everything or shit is hitting the fan or you've lost someone you just feel like all the pressure but you got shit to do and you don't have time for this
1: you you're just a person with like responsibilities and you have Mm
0: -hmm. there's
1: so much riding on you and then all of a sudden something bad happens and you're just racked with sadness and you need the time to like actually process your feelings and you're just crying and crying and crying and how many times have you been sobbing just to wipe your face away i don't have time for this yeah
0: like <laughs> like if there that was probably the most human moment that he will ever have it I was, was that like, moment and i was like ooh, that was very well done very the, nice very nice
1: great great so right i don't have that, time for this <laughs> I'm like bro i feel you bro ain't nobody got time
0: for that <laughs> yeah i'm right there with you right? <laughs> and of course justin is trying to comfort him um but he's like anthians understand each other we do not endure each other i thought that oh that hmm that hit me in the chest and it still does i'm like wow humans endure each other but when you really think about it that's exactly what we for do. the most part yeah oh absolutely oh yeah and like
1: i I did i forget where's my notes because I actually did look up the because once in a while do you ever do that where you look up the meaning of a word that you clearly know
0: the meaning of and they don't change the meaning
1: not that not that the meaning's changed but that it's written out so much clearer oh yeah like you it it just made more sense in general so like hold on
0: you know what I find weird while you're looking for that is hmm. like we'll look up definition to have a more clarified understanding, only to look at it and be like, "But why can I just say this?" Because there's definitely been times where I've looked up a word because I'm like, "Okay, what is this? Wait, why didn't you just say that?" Ma, yeah. Why? Why do we have to make a whole nother word <laughs> for for the to SAT? The same thing.
1: What was for the SAT? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get,
0: rid Get rid of it. It's so, not yeah. it's not about what you you can recite, it's about what you know. So
1: basically so that you could become a writer and you don't have to use the same seventeen words okay, over so and you, over
0: and over again. That's a little different. That's a valid reason.
1: <laughs> that's what I will tell you for myself. But like the actual like definition of endure is to suffer patiently. Y-
0: t- right. <laughs> I was like, hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> yes.
1: That's exactly what humans do. Oh, my
0: God. It's oh, so unfortunate.
1: That's what I mean. Sometimes to just to look, you know what endure means. Yeah. But then you look it up and you're like, that word hits different now.
0: Yeah. It's like, I knew what it meant. But now, but now I, I feel, feel it. it. yeah exactly this is exactly what it is (laughs) oh Oh my god but you know justin she's there with him and she's like we do we can feel them the feelings of the other people sometimes if we don't know each, each other which is very true um
1: it's basically the human superpower. Like anthians, they have this amazing processing power in their brain. Mm-hmm. They can smell everything, they can hear everything, they know under they understand everything, but they're still very very like linear and tangible. And I don't I I'm 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 searching for the word, but they're they're very much uh humans are a bit more esoteric. Humans are a bit more feelings you, mm-hmm. know, like, yeah. you know like
0: yeah yeah we're we're emotional creatures but i mean it's funny because ah, that,
1: that we're emotions and their logic exactly yeah
0: but it works for them because you, when you realize that they need each other for those reasons mm-hmm. she needs faraday to keep her grounded in the science in the logic in understanding like there's certain things you have to do and is it's not saying you're a bad person it's not saying that you know bad things aren't gonna happen bad things are gonna happen mm-hmm. but that's a part of it because otherwise we would just still be doing the same thing evolution
1: otherwise um, we'd still be like killing it, animals with rocks
0: exactly like there's gonna be sacrifices. Um, where also she's needed for him in the sense of understanding the emotion understanding that you can handle this it'll take time but this makes you stronger in the end it doesn't it doesn't hinder you it doesn't keep you from your mission if anything it makes your mi- mission um more important because now you're not just doing it for yourself you're doing it for other people you're thinking about, like, the future, all that stuff.
1: You can't say humankind or mankind because Mm -hmm. Antheans aren't human. They're man-like, but they're not, you know? So I wonder if there's an interspecies kind. Species kind? Whatever. Species! So they're basically like um, the Adam and Eve of the future.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically.
1: That makes it even more interesting because... Like mitochondrial uh, Eve and like original Adam shit, like that. Like everybody knows that people came out of Africa, mm-hmm. so to have them as black people would make sense.
0: The things you f- figure out as you dig, <laughs>
1: <That's> just, <laughs> just the just, just is there. I, I because she's very mother. She's loving in a motherly oh, yeah. way. She's a very mothering type of person. I mean, that's how almost every the sky father and the earth mother of every mythological Mm -hmm. understanding is it's it's like this the the sensitive and the logic the right fire and the water you know what i'm saying like you need both of those things exactly to forge and create things yeah they are the adam and the eve Mm -hmm. they are the starting of a new species not a new species but a new a new way of life a new evolutionary plot in the blending of creating a new line of homo sapiens even you never know
0: yeah so while all that is going on outside in the field um edie is walked into a room where where hatch is waiting for justin and faraday to come back and they have a conversation about their childhood and the book she used to read that her father gave to her um and i love this question because i think it got to the point but it wasn't harsh it wasn't like trying to poke her in a way but it was like we need to have this conversation and it was why do you need to feel like i hurt you
1: i'm sorry what that's a legit question
0: and i'm sure there's a lot of people who can relate to that question because Mm -hmm. bro we Everybody is a villain in somebody's story, so yeah.
1: She is an interesting amalgamation of contradictions. Mm-hmm. Overbearing, but Very doesn't much. give a shit, but is yeah. overly sensitive, but is is stubborn to the tenth degree.
0: Like Because mm-hmm. yeah. even her response is when she's responding to Hatch, she says to remind me I'm not the pig, which is referencing the book that she used to read all the time. And it's interesting because even in that book, it was about um, different kind of animals. Every animal had a job. But the pigs specifically were the butchers and they butchered other pigs and sold them to all the other animals, including the pigs.
1: But the statement goes two ways because through the conversation with Hatch, you realize that like their father used to measure her arms after baths and things like that. He says, look, "Look at you. Are you even eating?" Like he's not around anymore. Yeah, that just like Hatch is not lying when he calls his father a sociopath. hmm Yeah. No. So that's her saying. I had to remind myself that I'm not a pig. So it, it's this double entendre almost of like talking about the book, but talking about why she feels hurt by him because she's displacing the father's abuse onto her brother so mm-hmm. that she she can have this delusion of who her father was. Right. It's amazing. Yeah,
0: cuz he even she, says like he was horrible to both of us <coughs> and she doesn't
1: He's like I was 11 years old.
0: Right. Yeah, you're you're holding a grudge with your brother about something that he had no control over.
1: Exactly. So yeah. I mean, she deserves just as much sympathy cuz she was hurt. She's damaged. Mentally, from her upbringing. Yes. To the point where she is terrified of any kind of change. Any kind of possible things that could make something change in her life. Like, no, she has to be the one in control because she had literally no control when she was growing up.
0: Yeah. And then um, as they're having this conversation, he slightly mentions the patents. Like, barely. And just that little slight mention of it like enough. it was enough to be like oh that's why you're having it oh no not having it sorry no so um and she
1: and she pulls an edie yeah and she circles again circles right back around to oh digger heels and goodbye
0: yeah but um fortunately she gets called away by wyatt and then that's when she goes to meet Spencer, and, and it is glorious. Converge, <laughs> finally. <laughs> All of a sudden, she is slapped with the truth, and like we said before, this is probably one of the fa- our favorite scenes where Spencer is putting her in her place as he does, um, and basically letting her know, like, your father was a puppet, and now you are my puppet. Pur- so, Dan's puppet, right? Which was. Mm, so sweet right yeah
1: because every single time someone says oh your like especially hatch but other people whatever like but when it's mentioned that her father worked with the cia or the department of energy she's like there is no confirmation of that there is no confirmation of that and i'm like girl why would there be exactly why would
0: there be so after being told you're gonna do what i say (laughs) they go back in and sit down and it's like nighttime at this point they've been there all damn day Mm -hmm. and so they sit down to negotiate again and obviously now that she's now that she has to make a deal they're like we want this 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 and this and justin bye basically
1: hatch isn't stupid though he's like uh well because they're 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 like trying to negotiate some of the terms and when he's like, "Yeah, we want this." And they were like, "Fine." And he was like, "Excuse me?"
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, all of a sudden, who the hell is this
1: dude? Oh, he's from the Department of Energy. He's here to make sure you have all of the clearances you need. And he goes, "Greek bearing gifts." Mhm. Fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Yeah. Like <laughs> He's too smart for them. I love it.
0: Yeah. But this is also where we find out... Finally find about out about um, Justin and Danny. And... We
1: finally get all of the
0: information. We get all of the information. And... She kind of just sits there because it it is something so hard. I think if anybody would have been in that same position, they would have done the same thing where, you know... Edie is just going off and being like this, this happened and you know.
1: Unloading the worst moment in your entire life in the most vicious way possible.
0: Mm -hmm. Saying you know she killed a man, Daniel Holland 28. Her father Josiah was present at the time while at Los Alamos she was doing experiments with fusion and he was exposed to lethal doses of radiation. So basically we're in, she's out. And Justin is just feeling nothing but shame because she's been trying to avoid this moment the entire time. Right. You know, um, everyone on the origin side looks very pleased with themselves. They're like, "Okay, we got this in the bag. And um, they just say, you know, you knew that the DOE had a mandatory evaluation period before you could rent. Before you could run any tests, but you didn't want to wait for their approval. So you went ahead. You went in after hours, even against your own father's advice. So that's obviously the conversation that they've been having all yep. this
1: time. Like you warned me all this stuff that I should be. And she's and he's like, oh, I'm not the reason that you got to be taking it. It, it. See, it's like now all of it falls and makes sense mm-hmm. with
0: it. Yeah. And basically saying you were described as reckless, negligent, and even a zealot, which is not a word you often find in official documents. Funny thing. The moment she said zealot, I thought about Dr. Strange because that's (laughs) the only other time I've ever heard that word in conversation.
1: Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I was like, point taken. Yeah. Cool. All right. Then she just goes on.
1: You were so singularly focused. That you didn't realize the safety access system was off. And you ran your experiments anyways. You pushed it. And you cooked Mr. Holland. You made a decision that cost a young man his life out of hubris and incomprehensibly poor judgment. Fucking ouch.
0: Yeah. And all the while, it's still not stated the fact that she was in love with this man. No. No. And I think that's the thing that killed me the most is because you are going at this woman and you don't even know the relationship that they had. You know nothing
1: about the person Daniel Holland. You're just using his name as a dagger to throw at her. Right, which... You don't realize you're throwing a fucking bastard sword at this bitch. Right. It's not just a dagger.
0: And it's funny because, you know, obviously Hatch and Faraday are like, oh my God. Like what? And Faraday just starts asking Justin questions.
1: He says uh, he was irradiated and the file was sealed. Mm -hmm. And she says those were the terms that the DOE settled with his family. And what kind of radiation killed him? It was neutrons. And so you did achieve fusion? And she said, yes. And he goes, for how long? And she goes, just over a second. And they both say, because beyond that would have been impossible
0: and then he says miss Fall stays, or I go and I was like you hold me with the backup right <laughs> but, but it it's funny because I'll save it for later what I'll save it for later
1: okay I just I find it very interesting that like Spencer is completely fascinated oh yeah by the conversation between the two of them
0: because I think at first he thought he had like a a moment of where you know he's dominating but Mm -hmm. then he realized the where they were the intelligence of this woman and what they're actually doing and and the control he stumbled onto something so much bigger than he thought yeah so he's like salivating at the mouth like yes yes
1: so when faraday says that either she stays or i go edie's like that doesn't say very much about you know your your decision making skill your judge that doesn't say much about your judgment and that's immediately when faraday says no miss flood that doesn't say very much about your judgment
0: yo the snap back i was like yes get her get her
1: so hatch is like yeah so you get all of us or are you-, you get none of us mm-hmm. and everyone loses literally everyone yeah the whole world
0: <laughs> mhm. Everybody. And I love that moment for Hatch cuz it was kind of finally like, okay, here it is. All of us and none of us take it or leave it. I did my job.
1: He should have had like an 80s montage I, there.
0: <laughs> I was <laughs> right, bitch. <Like. laughs> right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like I I he's he got to throw that in her face at some point in time. I really really hope so. Um so obviously they accepted, you know, Spencer is impressed um by all of this they sign the documents they say that they're going to do the negotiations
1: no yeah like it's by the time you see them finishing signing the documents it's morning time this all Mm -hmm. this shit literally took all day all night and into the next
0: morning so um it's interesting because they're leaving after they sign the documents right and spencer walks up to faraday and i'm like this motherfucker he just can't help himself he can't help himself and he goes to shake hands with Faraday. And obviously, and it's interesting because at this point, nobody has shaken hands with Faraday. So he doesn't know.
1: It's the little things that I love. He's like, he's like, what? what? And he's like, um.
0: And he does the opposite <laughs> hand. Yeah.
1: So instead of correcting Murda, he just switches hands and shakes his hand. He doesn't right. want to make a big deal out of it.
0: I, don't, I wouldn't say he doesn't want to make a big deal out of it. He's just uh, mentally taking notes of these things that are kind of like offbeat
1: okay i'll meet you here mr spaceman <laughs> exactly
0: exactly <laughs> that's exactly what it is you know he walks outside
1: can i just say before he walks outside and they shake hands faraday does something very different than he normally does he shakes his hand doesn't mention the things he's smelling doesn't ask him a question he just shakes his hand and he has a very, like, concerned look on his face. And he doesn't say shit. And he just walks away. He's learning,
0: one. Oh, yeah.
1: And two, he can tell there's something fucking weird with this guy.
0: Oh, absolutely. But I love it. He yeah. just, like, Also, he walks wasn't away there in the beginning. So who are you? Right. Because they never, like, yeah, they say he's from the DOE. But they never really truly answer the question. No, exactly. Of who this dude is i'm not
1: at liberty to discuss that (laughs) right yeah exactly
0: um so he goes outside to meet justin and justin kind of brings us into her mental state emotional state and just letting faraday know like i wanted it so bad that's why i kept pushing and just letting him know everything that they went through like his hair falling out he was vomiting his teeth and after that after he died, he she found out he was. After he died, she found out she was pregnant with Molly. And it was like dun dun
1: dun. Right, so that's why, because that was that was weird at the beginning of the episode when it's like, and Molly doesn't know
0: anything. And I'm just oh, like, I put that together real quick.
1: But I mean, I get that she wouldn't know about the situation. I wouldn't really want to tell a young child about that. That's really hard to explain to a little kid. Mm-hmm. Other than daddy died.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, you would just say he's no longer with us and you just grow up never really
1: like the tiniest amount. And she's I don't know if she's at the age where she's really going to start like questioning, questioning.
0: Right. Yeah. No. Because, I mean, she has all the love that she needs now. She might have brought it up a couple of times because of being in school, seeing right. other people's fathers, da 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 But just from what we've seen of Molly, she is very secure and happy. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to question secure and happy.
1: This part, I can a hundred percent like understand. So she continues like explaining the story after she says that she was, and Fa- and Faraday realizes that Daniel Holland is Molly's father. She says, uh, I never left my room during the pregnancy and le- except to go to the doctor. I thought if I did something bad would happen. So we can already tell that she has anxiety, but then when you're pregnant and you have all of these emotions mm-hmm. and PTSD and Hormones all going. A lot of women can become like goraphobic. Frankly, I myself almost became borderline goraphobic after having my child because of postpartum anxiety, but she's going through like partum anxiety because of everything. So, like, I can just imagine the level of shit that's going through her brain when she's pregnant and in you know, in her room and never leaving because of this horrible situation that's happened. Right. So she said, I had Molly at home in the tub. I never left her side. I didn't sleep. I just watched her for a year. I was waiting. I thought we'd be, we'd both be punished. But right. we weren't. She's perfect. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but my dad, sometimes I think maybe he was instead. She just, she looks just like him. And she doesn't know anything, and I can't do anything for them after what I've done except to try to save the entire fucking world.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but then she says something that's even sadder, but it still it makes a lot of sense as a mom. It's like, maybe then they'll be safe from me, and that she's grateful for him not cutting her out.
0: I mean, that that tracks with everything that she's feeling, because she feels like she caused them so much She caused them so much pain because of her drive of wanting to accomplish something so great. So I get it. So Faraday says to her, uh, if we're going to continue, I need you to understand that your perspective is skewed. The nature of progress is that it requires sacrifice. You achieve fusion that only one person died during one of the greatest evolutionary steps on your timeline is what you would call a miracle. Somehow you see it as a failure. You succeeded. Do you remember what I said when we first met? Your mission is my mission. Neither one of us can go forward alone. And then he walks away. But talk about how perspective is skewed when it comes to failure. And going back to when her father is like talking to her. And basically just saying, like, everything is error till it's not. Like, and it's true. Everything is going to be a failure until it's not a failure. Everything is until it actually works. And you're throwing everything in the kitchen sink towards the wall and until it sticks, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. But
1: we've had these major steps happen through, e- through human evolution. Mm-hmm. And not one of them has ever been clean.
0: Ever. Right. There, there's no way to have a clean, especially with science and stuff, and trying to, like, move forward, there's no way to do it perfectly to where nothing is affected.
1: Right, where nothing bad will ever happen. Mm -hmm. Because I know a lot of people, like, he's going to stand there, and he's going to tell her that this is a miracle that only one person died during your experiment. People were like, nobody should die during the experiment. And I'm like, that is an unrealistic perspective, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Because, and that's what, if I think of the different evolutionary steps that we've taken. The two off the top of my head that immediately come to mind are the Industrial Revolution and developing H-bombs. These are gigantic leaps in our society, evolutionarily, not having to do with anything other than, like, science and how we're using the world around us and our resources. We wouldn't have any of the modern conveniences that we have today without these major steps. There There were drawbacks, of course. But there are major benefits as well. So including things like modern medicine, like you think bad things don't happen during the test periods of modern medicine.
0: They do, but you don't hear about it.
1: You know, but many, many lives were lost during this time to get us where we are. Things are messy. You want to stick to just science? Okay, then we're going to talk about the Manhattan Project for H-bombs.
0: Where 26 men were exposed to plutonium.
1: That's just one instance. So. And they died slowly over time of different types of cancers and shit. Yeah. The 26 men, there was, uh, that doesn't include three men that were showered with hydrofluoric acid during a simple task of just clearing out a pipe. Peter N. Bragg Jr., Douglas Meigs, and Arnold Kramish. And then two men who died in simply the exact same way. They weren't trying to commit, like, quantum fusion but they were trying to create the fusion that developed into the age bombs and they were literally cooked through radiation just like daniel holland was las alamos no but like yeah they clearly were inspired by that because the men's names are harry dofflin and lewis Mm-hmm. there's no way to do this cleanly uh move to the next rung in the evolutionary ladder
0: yeah yeah there's no way to to do that it's going to take a
1: hell of a lot more steps on the ladder to get to the point where we're not dying because of it.
0: All right. So questions that we had before that was answered, what happened to Justin and her family to get them into this situation? We know.
1: Boom. We finally know.
0: Yeah. Does Newton actually want to help Entheans or is this all a play for something much pettier? We still don't know. Jury's still out on that one. Um, And then what's up with Spencer and his childhood? Is he another Dexter? Was he abducted by aliens? I yes. Still,
1: I still love that theory. I think you came up with a great theory for I'm, that. I love that. Bro. It, it Talk it, about coming full
0: circle. That would be great. It makes sense why he would be so fascinated with Faraday right now, too.
1: Also, okay, so the part where Spencer is washing his shirt off and he turns around to put the shirt, the other t-shirt on, mm-hmm. you see that there's this patch of gray in his hair. Mm -hmm. is that normally there on the actor? I tried, I looked all over the internet trying to find pictures of Jimmy Simpson from the back of his head and I could not find that shit. No. No? I don't think so. He doesn't normally have a grip. Then that's part of his character. Let us know in the comments if 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 it is or it isn't. If anybody's seen a patch of gray on Jimmy Simpson's head, let me know. Um, Because I think that that could be a sign pointing in your direction saying that he was abducted by aliens.
0: Could be. Also, I did a little digging on homie and uh, I'm excited for his future. So we'll get into that another time.
1: Okay. Why did Hatch's dad hate him so much? Like we don't still have like a definite answer. But I think after this episode, it's pretty obvious that it's because I think it's safe to say that his dad didn't like that. He was able that he wasn't able to manipulate him like he was able
0: to manipulate Edie. I could agree with that. Hatch didn't take a shit. I can agree with that. All right, guys, that is all we have for today.
1: Thank you for listening and subscribing to our weekly deep dives into the geeky culture we all love so much.
0: Talking to you guys is the best part of our week, so stop by our Instagram and say hi. And with that, we bid you wake up, take up all the space, and and we'll we'll see see you next next week.
1: To read the detailed outlines of each podcast, go to girlsgobooksdeep.com. They can also be found on Medium and Blogger under Girls Go Books Deep. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Girls Go Books Deep for mini breakdowns, behind-the-scenes looks, and coming very soon, giveaways. However you're listening to this, we would greatly appreciate it if you would follow, subscribe, like, or share it with your friends. We're pretty good at returning the digital love. So until next time, weirdos, wake up and take up all the space.